At home with a lifetime of stories and songs People we've met and places we've gone Along the way found where and how we belong At home with a lifetime of stories and songs Welcome to more songs and stories from home Podcasts that give voice to songs with stories And stories with songs written and being written over the course of a lifetime Often illuminating the journey we all make Together and alone Finding our way home. Returning to the Bing Crosby Theater. Time, time, time. It's merely a device to keep everything from happening all at once. And life, life, life's the only thing that happens more than once in the Mardi Gras of the mind. That's the chorus of a song my friend Gary Dreger and I wrote more than 50 years ago and still sing from time to time. Speaking of time, Soren Kierkegaard tells us that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. A good reason, I believe, to return to places that hold significant times in our lives and if we're lucky, be there with people who are connected to those moments. In 2022, the Brothers Four did a couple of shows with the Kingston Trio. One in Seattle and the other in Spokane. The one in Spokane at the Bing Crosby Theater, where the Brothers Four had performed 25 years earlier. That performance made more special because it was the only time I was ever the opening act, as well as one of the headliners. McCoy joining me for a few songs during that first set. An event, an experience significant at the time. It was a homecoming concert and a way for me to celebrate my 50th birthday. A chance to introduce in that first part of the show new songs I continue to sing to this day. One of them, One Love and Two Lives, written for my parents and performed for the first time that night with them looking on. In fact, the show was my mom's idea. She became the promoter for what became a sold-out concert. And up Till that time, I knew my mom as someone who had lived much of her life in the background or in other people's shadows. That night, as she accepted a bouquet of flowers on stage while being bathed in applause, I, I saw for the first time how much it meant to her to have a moment in the spotlight. I would think about that a lot in the years that followed. I became aware of something else that night after the show. My dad said in a sort of offhanded way that he no longer needed to explain to his friends what his son did for a living. And I know he was intending to say something positive, and yet on some level it, it was hard but important to hear. The concert was on Saturday of Easter weekend. I grew up going to church and always considered that that Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, somehow one of the darkest days of the year, 
with Easter Sunday morning a most incredible sunrise moment. Sometime during that concert, it struck me that here we were on that Saturday between those days in the midst of a huge celebration. It delighted me, while at the same time somehow giving me pause. It was also a significant weekend to share with McCoy and his wife, Connie. While McCoy had known the guys in the Brothers Four for a long time, this was Connie's first time to meet them. A little over a year earlier, McCoy had faced a dark night and found his way into the light and in the process had become a Christian. And that weekend was a chance for my mom, who's known McCoy since he was 18, to tell him how happy she was for him. It was also a chance for my mom and Connie to get to know each other and to find out all they had in common. The start of a wonderful friendship. And while Pat and I don't often attend church, to go on Easter Sunday with my folks and the McCoys and to see my mom surrounded by a sea of folks telling her what a good time they had the night before, well, it was, it was unforgettable. At the same time, the weekend was not without turmoil. A friend of mine came from the East Coast to be at the concert. He had an alcoholic seizure the night before the show. I remember my mom making a point of saying we needed to somehow put our arms around him, which we did. It was a lesson in the power of alcohol, especially as a masking agent. What can happen when the mask is torn off or not? My friend continued to deny he had a problem and died a couple of years later. Well, another friend who took his last drink that weekend went another direction. And in 2022, we were there as he celebrated 25 years of sobriety embraced by the love of his family and friends. Our time in Spokane that weekend ended with my folks hosting an Easter Sunday brunch. As Pat and I were getting ready to leave, we told my folks we'd be seeing them soon, hosting them on a Brothers Four cruise to Alaska, scheduled for the 1st of June. We, we didn't say it in these exact words, but that Sunday what we could have said was, we'll see you 10 weeks from tomorrow. A tomorrow that never came. A little over seven weeks later, the phone rang. My dad's serious heart attack hospital. When Pat and I got married in 1995, we half-jokingly said that someday, some faraway day, I would wear the suit I got married in at funerals. We put the suit in the car for the drive to Spokane. My dad lived two more weeks. He died on May 28th. That fortnight, Pat, my mom, and I forming an even more special bond. On May 29th, my mom turned 75. After a somber celebration, I flew back to Seattle. Everyone 
meaning the other guys in the Brothers Four, as well as the sponsors for the Alaska cruise, knew that I would not be part of the cruise if my dad was still fighting for his life. On May 30th, I used the logic people sometimes do in those situations. I, I told myself my dad would want me to keep my commitments. So I told everyone that Pat and I would be on the cruise, that instead of my parents, we would be joined by her daughters. And that at the end of that day, we flew back to Spokane along with Jody and Lindsay. May 31st was my dad's memorial. McCoy flew in and sat with us in the family section. I sang One Love and Two Lives, so different from nine weeks earlier. At the memorial, the minister read from my dad's writings. And our family secret, our relationship with mental illness was unexpectedly made public. My dad's last gift. June 1st, Lindsay, Jody, Pat, and I leave Spokane for Vancouver, British Columbia. On June 2nd, the four of us board a cruise ship for Alaska. There's a Peanuts cartoon where Lucy asks Charlie Brown whether he likes to sit in the front of a ship and think about the future or sit at the back of the ship and ponder all that has been Charlie Brown gives her one of those looks before telling her he has enough trouble trying to open up his deck chair. That week I was having trouble with more than deck chairs and wondering where to sit. Everyone who was part of the cruise knew about my dad's death and with their understanding and my family nearby, I somehow kept it together most days. Some days in the front of the ship, some days in the back of the ship, often wearing a sweater I'd given to my dad for his birthday a few years earlier. When we got back from the cruise, I decided I was going to think about my dad every day for a year. A year filled with mourning as well as some celebrating, mourning all that was gone, celebrating all that had been and what still remained. It was interesting, by the end of that year, I thought of my dad, not the age he was when he died, but any age I wanted him to be on that particular day. At the end of that year, I had created a musical memoir containing a number of songs about the spring of 1997, a season that began the week of that concert in Spokane. I performed that musical memoir, A Season of the Heart, in my mom's living room on the anniversary of my dad's death. The next day celebrated my mom's birthday. The next week performed a a season of the heart, four different days at the Richard Hugo House on Capitol Hill in Seattle. And then <clears throat> I did what I knew my dad would want me to do. I began to move on. I believe Kierkegaard is right when he says we can only understand our life when we look back on it though that doesn't mean we always understand what we're looking at when we do. 
though sometimes returning to a place that holds memories and represents a significant moment can awaken something inside us, informing us on some deep level who we were then and how it connects to who we've become. So it was for me. Returning to that theater 25 years later, standing on that same stage, singing many of the same songs, able to close my eyes and for a moment be who I was a quarter century earlier before that cascade of events that would change the world and my life forever. Time, time, time. It's merely a device to keep everything from happening all at once. And life, life, it's the only thing that happens more than once in the Mardi Gras, the Thank you for watching or listening to more songs and stories from home. Come back next time for Back to the Big Room, Part 1, knowing you're welcome here at home with a lifetime of stories and songs.